The Jets host the Saints this Sunday at the Meadowlands. Let's preview the game on today's episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Friday, December 10th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com, and thank you for making this show your first listen each day. Today, our episode is brought to you by On Location. On Location is the official hospitality partner of the NFL, the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information, or search Super Bowl on location. The Jets host the Saints Sunday at the Meadowlands. Kickoff time is scheduled for 1 p.m. Eastern, and on today's show, I will preview the game. This is a solo preview show. I've been mixing it up this year. Sometimes I have a guest to preview. Sometimes I do it myself. This is one of the latter. This is the first time the Saints are visiting the Jets since 2013, That was an upset Jets victory in a surprising 8-8 season. That was a year where many expected the Jets to be the worst team in the NFL, but they went 8-8, and they had a number of surprising victories, including one over the Saints. A Saints team that went to the playoffs was one of the final eight teams playing in the NFL that year. Things are not quite as good for either team this season. The Jets enter the game with a 3-9 record, and the Saints are 5-7, and seven, and they have not been playing well recently. So it's an interesting game, both teams trying to stop strings of bad play, although the Jets did win a game two weeks ago. They did not play well last weekend against Philadelphia. And as usual, I think all eyes are on Zach Wilson, but there are bigger reasons to be focused on Zach Wilson this week. And I go back to what I said after last Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Zach Wilson showed progress in that game. And when I went back and reviewed the film, I liked a lot of what I saw. There were a couple of mistakes in there. There was one play where maybe he kind of locked onto a receiver and almost threw an interception. And then the one interception he did throw, he just kind of airmailed it to Jamison Crowder. I thought it was the correct read. It was just a really bad throw. And that goes back to, I think, some of Wilson's fundamentals. I think some of his mechanics still need work. But generally speaking, I thought Zach Wilson's decision-making was pretty good. In fact, if anything, I think that maybe he was a little too hesitant to take chances, which is kind of a reverse of how he had been prior to that point. Prior to the game against Philadelphia, he was too frequently trying to push the ball down the field to his own detriment and unwilling to take easy completions in front of him. I loved the fact he was taking easy completions against the Eagles, and there were a couple of opportunities to push the ball down the field that maybe he passed up on. I'd rather, at this point though, Zach taking the easy completions because when you take enough easy completions, you set up the big play later on. I came away after reviewing the film more positive than I was watching the game. And watching the game, I was still pretty positive on him. But even the moments that the Jets' offense struggled, I did not think Zach was making a ton of mistakes. But this was not the kind of breakout performance it felt like we might be heading towards in the first quarter. This was not a 400, 450, 500-yard game for Zach. 
I think he was generally pretty efficient, but this was not the type of game where you feel like his trajectory has rapidly changed. It's the type of game that only matters if he builds on it. He needs to continue to go out there and play smart football, be efficient, hit the first read when it's open. If he goes out there and regresses and starts forcing things the way he did earlier in the season, all of the progress from Philadelphia will be gone. So it's really a question of how will he build on that performance? And that ultimately will tell us, I think, how meaningful the Philadelphia game is. I think whenever you're dealing with developing a young quarterback, we always like to get to the end first. We like to figure out, can this guy play or can he not? The truth of the matter is it takes many years in most cases to figure this out. So this will be the next chapter, and it will be a chapter that will tell us how meaningful last weekend's progress really was. And as for Zach, he may have his work cut out for him in this game because there are lots of key Jets players who either have been ruled out already or could miss this game. You look at the offensive weapons. Corey Davis, we know, is out for the season. Elijah Moore has yet to practice this week, and that's one of the challenges of doing these preview shows on a Friday you don't know exactly who's going to be in the lineup and who's going to be out of the lineup. Last week, I talked on the preview show a lot about the Jets facing Jalen Hurts. Well, as we know, Jalen Hurts did not play. Gardner Minshew did. So we don't know who's going to be in the lineup, who's going to be out of the lineup exactly. But we do know Corey Davis is out. We know Elijah Moore has not practiced yet this week. Neither has Tevin Coleman. That's a guy who's really been growing on me, too. Tevin Coleman was a guy I was very skeptical of early in the season, but he's played well in recent weeks, replacing Michael Carter, another guy who's been playing well. So Zach is going to be down, or could be down, a number of weapons this week, and that's going to be more of a challenge. And I talked about it earlier in the week. This is going to be the opportunity for Denzel Mims. You'd never like to say that a guy in his second NFL season is at a make-or-break point, but it very well might be that for Denzel Mims, at least as far as his Jets career goes, because whatever he's been doing has not been impressing the coaching staff. And he may be a guy who really needs to step up in this game. And I think one of the real challenges with these injuries at wide receiver might be going away. Now, it does not excuse everything that's been going on with Mims why he's been so unproductive when he's been in the lineup. But I do think there's something to the idea that it takes time to develop chemistry between a quarterback and a receiver. And it was rather widely reported during the offseason, the offseason program training camp, that Mims was not getting a lot of work with the first team offense. And when he's been out there, there's not been a great connection with Zach Wilson. And not just for this game, but over the next several weeks between now and the end of the season, because I presume he's going to get a lot of opportunities with Davis out, Mims is going to have an opportunity to work with Wilson in practice and really develop that chemistry that's been lacking. And it's not everything, but understanding the way a guy's going to turn at the end of a route, understanding when he's going to break his route off, getting a good sense of the timing, that can make a difference. There was a play last weekend with Elijah Moore where Wilson kind of missed the throw, Moore could have come up with it. And I think that was really just a lack of timing, a lack of chemistry. It was down the field. You know, you may have called it a drop. You may have called it an inaccurate throw. I thought it was more just a lack of timing, a lack of understanding where the ball was going to be put, how Moore was going to end his route. That stuff can matter. It doesn't explain everything, but it can matter. So Denzel Mims is going to have a real opportunity here. And I've heard plenty about Denzel Mims. Listen, I've said some about Denzel Mims' lack of playing time myself. 
I haven't been as critical as a lot of other people have, but I have been somewhat critical. And to this point, I don't think you can really say Denzel Mims has justified the criticism of the coaching staff for not putting him in there. This is really his opportunity. I think the excuses are going out the window. Corey Davis is out. I presume he's going to get a lot of time at the X receiver position. The chemistry should be there now that he's working more with Zach Wilson in practice. I mean, that's a guy I've very focused on in this game. And the other receivers who are a little bit lower on the depth chart will have a chance to contribute, whether that's Jamison Crowder, Braxton Berrios, and it goes for the running backs as well. Austin Walter has gotten a few opportunities over the last few weeks. If Tevin Coleman cannot go, you would assume that he would take on a bigger role, and Ty Johnson as well. That's the thing when you get to late in the season. The Jets may not be in the playoff race, but these games can be really important for guys a little bit lower on the depth chart because they have an opportunity to make an impression on the coaching staff heading into next season and saying, you know what, I can be part of the solution. So lots of players to watch in this game for the Jets, even though this game doesn't really impact the Jets spot in the playoff race because they're obviously out of it. There are guys who have a real chance to show, hey, you know something in 2022, you can depend on me. But of course, the most important guy is Zach Wilson. And we know Zach Wilson's going to be the starting quarterback in 2022. He needs to show that he is making progress. And there is no possible takeaway from this game that could be more important for the New York Jets. Now ahead here on the Locked On Jets podcast, we're going to talk about some of the things to watch when the Saints have the ball. Now, neither of these teams has much of a chance to go to the Super Bowl this year, but it doesn't matter who's playing. If you're a football fan, going to the big game is probably one of your dreams. Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away, and on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. Again, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB number five, number six, or search Super Bowl on location. Of course, when we get late into the NFL season, it's a reminder that Christmas is right around the corner. And this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar, Built Bar, filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy, and there are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. We have raspberry, mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, or peanut butter brownie. They're all so delicious. I got to tell you, these are protein bars, but they don't taste like protein bars. They taste like candy bars. And because it's the season of peace and love, don't bring up your favorite built bar at family parties because people are so passionate about their favorite flavor. They'll fight for it and things could get out of hand. And if you like marshmallowy treats around the holiday, you need to get your hands on Built Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through. Different flavors, all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Best of all, if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15. It's one word with no space. L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T dot Thanks again for making Locked On Jets your first listen each day. Today we are previewing this Sunday's game between the Jets and the Saints. Kickoff time scheduled for 1 p.m. Eastern at MetLife Stadium. 
Now, we don't know with 100% certainty who the starting quarterback will be for the Saints in this game, but it certainly seems like things are heading in the direction where Taysom Hill will be under center. Now, of course, last weekend we learned that sometimes there are surprises. We were expecting Jalen Hurts to start for the Eagles last week, and it ended up being Gardner Minshew. So we don't know with 100% certainty that Taysom Hill will be the starting quarterback for the Saints, but that's at least the way things look right now. And Hill provides some unique challenges because he's got a lot of ability as a runner. However, he's not a great passer of the football, and that could be an issue when you're a quarterback. But beyond just his struggles as a natural thrower, he seems like he's got a finger injury. And if you watched Thursday Night Football last weekend, you saw him struggle against the Cowboys. His passes were very inaccurate. I mean, I was watching that game, and it seemed like he was having big issues throwing the football And it does not sound like the issue has completely resolved itself. And that means I think the Jets need to adjust what they do on defense because this Jets defense is built to surrender short completions. You frequently see guys wide open underneath. Well, that's part of the plan. That's part of like what the Jets are trying to do. They're essentially pushing their guys all the way down the field to prevent the big play. And they're willing to concede short completions. Now, They've not been very good at running this defense because they've allowed a lot of big completions. And not only that, but when you're surrendering the short completions, the idea is that you try and minimize the game. You need guys flying to the football to minimize what the other team is getting out of those plays. Essentially, the idea is that these short completions are so ineffective that eventually the other team's quarterback tries to get impatient and and makes ill-advised throws down the field trying to get more yardage. Jets have done a terrible job implementing that this season. They cannot, in this game, if Taysom Hill is under center and if his finger is an issue, they got to challenge these receivers. And I know the Jets don't have great corners, but they can't run these conservative coverages. They have to try and force Taysom Hill to push the ball down the field, at least prove that he can do it. Because what you saw last Thursday against Dallas, and I think the injury did have a lot to do with that, He was having major issues, and I'm not sure he can if the injury is as bad or close to as bad as it was on Thursday Night Football last weekend. But Hill presents another challenge because he's a very talented runner at the quarterback position. Now, the Jets run a lot of zone, and that's pretty much true of most teams in the NFL. It's a little bit easier to contain quarterbacks who run the ball in zone because when you're playing man-to-man, essentially you have five eligible receivers and the guy covering them has to follow those receivers wherever they go. So essentially, they these receivers run defenders off who can help stop the run. Against zone, it's a little bit tougher to run as a quarterback because you're defending a spot on the field as a defender. And typically, there's going to be a defender in the running lanes where the quarterback's going to run the ball. But the Jets need to make open field tackles. And let's be honest, this is not a defense with a lot of speed. The scheme the Jets run is predicated on defenders being fast. Jets are really slow on defense, and that could be an issue. So guys have need to guys need to get to Hill. They need to take good angles. They need to make open field tackles. And another challenge in this game for the Jets is going to be Alvin Kamara. But I don't know that there's an answer schematically to take him away with the personnel the Jets have. Again, you've got slow linebackers. You've got safeties who, frankly, are pretty slow. I mean, Ashton Davis is fast, but he takes bad angles. He Ashton Davis may be fast on the field, but he doesn't play fast because he doesn't get to the ball the right way. It doesn't take good angles. And there's a difference between time to speed and play speed. You know, you can run a straight line really fast, but if you don't take the right angles to the ball and get there quickly enough, you know, that the, that the, it kind of negates your speed. I don't love this matchup. 
when Camaro's in space, I don't love this matchup. When Camaro's going to go out as a receiver, he's as talented of a receiving back as there is in the NFL. And I worry about what's going to happen in the open field when he's matched up against these linebackers and these safeties. The safeties have been an issue for the Jets. You know, I talked about how the Jets are constantly giving up big plays and a defense that's really designed to prevent big plays. And listen, they've got injuries. There's no question about it. Losing Marcus May hurt, losing Lil Marcus Joyner hurt. These issues, however, have gone on at least before they lost May. They lost Joyner like the first half of the first game. So you can't really talk about LaMarcus Joyner. It's one of the frustrating things about this defense is that when you can't do the thing your defense is predicated on, it's a big problem. You know, it's one thing to for the Jets to be allowing these little completions underneath for short gains because the defense is built to allow that. Every defense you run, you're going to have some vulnerabilities. Every strength creates another weakness. Jets are trying to take away the big play. They can't do it. Now that's a problem because this defense, you're going to give up the short completions because of the way the defense looks. But if you can't take away the thing you're trying to take away, that's a bigger issue. And this is just a really bad match when you think about Kamara's big playability, when you think about his talent at running routes, when you think about what is going to happen when he gets the ball in space. It's going to be an issue. It could be a big issue. And ultimately, I think in this game, and I said this yesterday when I talked with Ross Jackson of Lockdown Saints, this Jets defensive line needs to show up. And I say this practically every week because it's true. The defensive line is the one area on this team that has a lot of talent. And you look at the linebacker position, you got a lot of inconsistency. You know, C.J. Mosley's very up and down. Quincy Williams, I think, actually has gotten to the point where people are maybe overrating what he brings to the table because he's in the wrong spot a lot. You notice the, t- the tackles. He's not a bad player. I'm not saying Quincy Williams is a bad player. In fact, I would say Quincy Williams has vastly exceeded my expectations. But he's not as good as people are making him out to be. And I'm not sure I love the fit in this defense. And I'm not sure he's more than a backup in this defense. Now, he could be a very good backup in this defense. And I want to give him credit because he has far surpassed my expectations. I wasn't expecting anything from him. And he's made some good plays this year. But there are a number of instances where the Jets are, you know, allowing plays and he's in the wrong spot or he's struggling in coverage. I guess what I'm saying is that he's not a big strength. He's probably not as big of a strength as you think he is. Not a bad player, but not as big of a strength as you think he is. And we know what the issues are in the secondary. The defensive line needs to cover for them. I mean, essentially the way this defense was built was the line needed to pick everybody else up. They needed to be so dominant that the linebackers and the secondary weren't an issue because they're just causing so much havoc getting into the backfield making stops in the run game getting into the backfield pressuring the quarterback and by the way they're going to need to be controlled in their rushes against Taysom Hill one of the things is when you blitz you are assigned a specific gap and the gap is the area between either the center and the guard or the guard and the tackle or the tackle and the tight end you can't have guys flying up the field you can't have guys flying past Hill and opening up running lanes so they need to be controlled when they rush the quarterback. But I think any path to victory for the Jets in this game, and really almost any game, you could say this every week, defensive line's going to need to show up because there are going to be issues against these Saints skill players, especially Kamara. And if the Jets don't show up on the defensive line, it could be a very long day. Ahead, I will close out the show today by making my prediction for this game between the Jets and the Saints. It's supposed to be a pretty mild day weather-wise on Sunday at the Meadowlands. That might be less than ideal for the Jets because in December, when you're facing a dome team, you may want things to be cold. You may want things to be uncomfortable for them. It should be pretty comfortable for the fans in attendance, though. However, of course, winter is coming. And to prepare yourself, you might want to take a look at Stance. 
Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic along with some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Especially during a New York winter, you want apparel that is soft and comfortable. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. So go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Again, that's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Friday, previewing the game between the Jets and the Saints this Sunday at the Meadowlands, and it's prediction time. And I'm on a little bit of a roll right now. I've gotten two in a row correct. Two weeks ago, I had the Jets beating the Texans, and then last week, I told you I did not like the matchup against Philadelphia, so I picked the Eagles in that game. And this is after just a dismal beginning to the season, where every single week I got it wrong. Even in games where I picked the Jets to lose, I'd say, well, I think they'll be competitive, and they got blown out. So maybe I'm beginning to understand how this team functions. And I'm not picking them every week. I picked Philadelphia last week, even though the Eagles are not a great team. So you can't just say, well, I'm picking what I want to see. But I am selecting the Jets in this game. I like the fact that they're at home. I know they lost at home last week. But I think this this could be a tough trip for New Orleans. Some of this is based on just how shaky Taysom Hill looked throwing the ball. I really do have questions about that injury. And if the Saints can't throw the ball, if they can't throw the ball, it's going to be probably be because Taysom Hill can't throw it accurately. And he had issues throwing it accurately last weekend. Guys are always open against the Jets in the back defensive backfield. But I don't know if Taysom Hill can throw the ball. I liked what I saw out of Zach Wilson last weekend. Now, you know, this could all go away if he goes out and throws three interceptions and makes a lot of dumb decisions. But I have to tell you, reviewing the tape, I came away more encouraged than I was watching the game. And even watching the game, I felt like there was progress, but I'm hoping he could build on it. Maybe some of this is hope. I know that there are some obstacles. You've got some new receivers going in there. You have no Corey Davis. You may have no Elijah Moore. You may have no Tevin Coleman. But I liked what I saw from Zach last weekend. So I'm going on a hunch. I'm taking the Jets. Let's call it 21-17, and I guess we can hope that I'm right. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Hope you have a great weekend. Enjoy the game, and we'll be back on Monday to talk about what happened between the Jets and the Saints.